think God has uh, moved in all our hearts in such a way that we realize that um, unless um, He intersects and moves in our hearts and moves in our gatherings and moves in our lives, uh, we're at quite a loss. Uh, and so it's a privilege really to be able to get together and freely praise and say, Lord, here we are again. Can you uh, move on us afresh? And we've all been moved on by the Spirit of God, but we are in a time in our lives we call it the trial of our faith. And that's what this earth is all about, walking in this earth. And so we continually need the moving of the Spirit of God on all of our hearts. So let's believe for that tonight. Got a bunch of folks out. So excited. Tom and Mary are going to Hawaii, and I can't wait to see the pictures of Tom surfing. <laughs> That'll be great. All right. Well, Evan, why don't you pray, and we'll go gather in the sanctuary. We do ask you, Lord, for a fresh movement of your spirit. We ask you to touch our hearts, Lord, and that we become fertile soil, Lord, that our hearts would be prepared and ready to receive, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness to provide for us and feed for us, and we look forward to the good work that you have for us.
there's very few who speak the truth. Oh, there's many voices. There's so much to hear. But it's so special.
I am. Um, <clears throat> I was uh, I was feeling a little sick this afternoon, and I thought maybe that's the Lord telling me that I should go home and rest. No. <laughs> then I was uh, disappointed that I started to feel better. <laughs> um, I couldn't call. At least I couldn't call Dave and say, "Oh, I'm feeling." Um, I got a little confirmation coming down to tonight, and that still doesn't always give you the impetus that, that you want to get up here, but at least you got a little confirmation. I, I, um, um, I want to talk about um, um, the purpose of God, what the purpose of God is, um, and uh, this has been talked about lately, so... I will try not to belabor the point. Um, just a reminder for all of us, in case uh, you lose hope um, in the middle of our battles, right? It's easy to sometimes to, uh, to wonder, what's the point? You ever thought that? What, what exactly is the point of this, or what's the purpose? And, um, and there is a, quite a purpose. <laughs> Uh, for what God is doing, uh, even in your battle and in mine, you know, as insignificant as little and as big as that sometimes look looks, um, there's a tremendous purpose in what God intends to do in all of our lives, and uh, sometimes we get so uh, <clears throat> taken aback by the by the strength of the and the heat of the battle and, and uh, lose grasp of what God is really doing. But anyway, I was coming down and Nathan was singing, uh, playing the song, uh, um, Thou Mighty Christ, Come Forth in Me, um, which we haven't sang that in a while. Um, just saying that. Uh, no. Uh, but, uh, but then came down and Nathan was playing it. And I remember that one of the, a long, long time ago, Brother Milton was here. Uh, and the word that stuck with me, I think it was one of, probably the first time I met him, it was, uh, let Christ come forth in you. Remember that word? Milton, come forth. Yeah. And he kept repeating it. I think it was here at the tabernacle. Um, if I remember correctly, we actually probably had the pulpit over there on that side. And he just kept pacing back and forth, Milton! Come forth. And um, uh, <clears throat> I can never forget that declaration of uh, calling Christ forth in your life and our lives. Um, <clears throat> and, um, um, and I think that's, that's what God is doing in all of our... And, and I know that that is the intention <laughs> of what God is doing with us today. And um, I, I want to go back a little bit. Anyway, that was just kind of a little neat thing to see that happening. And then Nathan was playing the piano, um, which was nice to see Nathan here playing the piano. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say that, too. Um, but um, uh, Gabe also um, prayed something this morning. And I don't know if it was exactly this verse, but it was, it was right along what I was thinking about. Uh, 
And that's in uh, Psalm 33. And that's where I want to start. You know, um, God's intention for the fruit, the manifest, that manifestation of what um, is going to come out of us is, is a lot deeper and different than what we think. Um, I, uh, I've been thinking for a while and um, disappointed that God wasn't happy with Job. Um, you know, Job had a, a good thing going in the beginning. You know, uh, it, it, David mentioned this a while back, and I've been thinking some of the same thoughts. Just how uh, you know, Job was uh, upright, issued evil. Um, you know, good enough that it caught God's attention to uh, to talk to the devil about him. Now, I would say that wasn't very smart of God to say. <laughs> A little conversation where the devil felt he had to challenge that, but but you know, um, if if that was all God was looking for, Job would have been the man. Um, you know, that was that was that's a pretty good uh, <clears throat> thing that he had um, going, and and that wasn't God wasn't happy with that. Um, he. He, he, he wanted something else. And we all get blinded because we think that, that God wants us to look good on the outside and do good things. And God seems to be more interested on a work that is happening inside and, um, and a work that is going to be eternal. And I think... Joe found that out as the days went on. Um, that that um, you know all those things that we do outwardly um, that are good things is really not the intention of God and the purpose for our lives. Um, that there, God is, is trying to get at something deeper, and we don't we can't really manufacture that. We can't say, "Oh, this is what God is doing." Um, he knows how to bring that forth um, in our daily lives and, and the things that come up as we travel through our lives and our warfares and the things that come at us every day. Um, God knows how to bring that perfect thing that, that he wants out of all of us. Someone said recently, and I can't remember who, but I, I was very conscious of just the fact of how great or the extent of God's work in our lives. That, that He's always doing something. That He's always at work. That He, you know, he, He's not, He's not asleep. And, um, and He's not, uh, <clears throat> that he, he, He's aware of what's happening in your life and what's happening in mine. And that He's got His hand on that too. That he has his hand on 
you and me too. And he's doing something. And we, we, we get caught up in our own battle and forget uh, <clears throat> that, uh, that God is working in that. Anyway, here in Psalm 33, uh, verse 18, says, uh, Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. That's, that's a tremendous promise there. That is, you know, his eye is upon us to deliver our soul from death. And to keep us alive during the famine. That's probably two of the greatest fears that we'll ever have to go through. That we'll die, not because of lack of food, but because of the famine that happens in your soul. When, when you feel that, that you're hungry, that you're empty, that you don't have what it's going to take to sustain you. God promises that He is there to keep you alive. Appreciate it, Vernus, uh, opening yesterday. Um, <clears throat> I actually threatened that, that she really should get up here today and finish up. It was really good. Um, but the strength of realizing that the grace of God is there for us in time of need. That the grace of God is there to help us in darkness. In when we don't think we deserve it. That he's there to help us carry us through. Um, and, and she said a lot of things, but you know, some of those things just stuck in my head that uh, the power of God to sustain those that he called. And that he gives us the uh, ability to walk in the, the trials and the things that we we go through each day. And in Romans 5, it says that, um, and I'm just trying to get at something, but I wanted to, to kind of put these things out here. <clears throat> Romans 5, verse 6. So for when, when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. That's an interesting line there. So, but God commanded his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Sometimes we look at this and we get discouraged because we measure it on the basis of what we deserve. And God is not measuring it that way at all. If it was about what we deserve, we'd be long gone. But I just uh, want to make remind us tonight that it doesn't matter the struggle that you're going through. 
It doesn't matter how you feel about where you are. Because that's, that's not what is going to qualify you for the next step, for what God is doing in all of us. It's not about what we can bring to the table. It's about what He has called us to be and what He is going to do. And your death, your darkness, whatever it is, God is greater than that. And, he be, and, and, he, and while you were yet in darkness, while you were yet in that place uh, of being lost, he paid a price so that we would have a way out. So that we don't have to feel like that is where we're stuck. That we can't go for, forward anymore because look at me. Look at where I'm at. Look what I'm dealing with. Look at what, look what, you know, what's that? No. Um, God knew that. He is well aware of our weaknesses. He's well aware of the places where we fail and where we continue to fail. That's not, that's not nothing, no, not news to him. But while that was still happening, he's made a promise that that's not a possibility for him. And uh, <clears throat> this is why, you know, one of the things that I've been looking at is we, we see the struggles that, that we have. We see the battles that are going on. Um, you know, and the struggles that are going on are not just the physical things that we hear about and that we know, you know. Um, Obviously, we were all praying for Kathy. Like, we would like to see that broken, right, and her delivered from that. Right. That, that will be our heart. Right. We, you know, nobody wants to see Rowan bound by this thing. Right. And to, for her to continue to be in pain. And, you know, we have needs everywhere. Um, but then there, is the, there are the things of the heart, <laughs> the things of the mind that plague us. And that are actually, if, 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 if we were all aware of some of those things, we would probably have, remember those days of a, you know, prayer chain? <laughs> we would, it would take an hour. Some of us take the 9 and 10 o'clock, not the 2 and 3 in the morning times. But um, if, if some of the needs that, that are hidden were, were brought out, we would probably feel like, oh my God, we need to pray for this person. We need to pray for me. Because those things are, are uh, sometimes even more difficult than some of the physical needs. Not really comparing because I don't understand what Kathy's going through. I don't understand what growing is happening for me, but I do understand the struggles of this heart and of this mind. And, and those things are just as impossible. And God can see all that. God can see all that. And yet, while he's able to see all that, he is not discouraged. He had hope. And he didn't have hope just for one person. He had hope for this whole creation. That's a, that is, you know, pretty powerful. That he, had, he, he was able to look at, at this world with the perspective of that he was able 
to deliver them, or he was, and he definitely was able to deliver them from the power of death, so that no one would ever have to feel like they were bound to sin, or bound to death. That power has been broken, and man, that is, that is um, not easy <laughs> to wrap your mind around that. Especially when you see the reality of the struggles that we go through and you're like, man, it sure seems like hell has a hold of this. That I can't be delivered from this. And, you know, God has an intention and a purpose that is beyond that and that is to deliver us from the bondage of that. From the strength of that power that the world of this nation, the world of this nation, this, the, the king of this world has put over us to make us think that, that that's where we have to live. And <clears throat> there's a greater power that is made available to all of us. And um, I want to go to um, <clears throat> Colossians, I mean, um, yeah, Colossians 1. Verse 9, it says, For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, did not cease to pray for you, and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Okay? Um, just, this, these verses are incredible. Just, if you start to think about what it's actually saying here, and what it's talking about you and me, that we would be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Then verse 11, strengthen with all might. Okay, this, this is directed for you, that you would be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. You have been strengthened with all might. For what purpose? <laughs> For patience and what? And long suffering. Oh, I don't like those two. God doesn't he, He's not small in the way that He dispenses strength. You know, it's according to his riches that he is giving you the strength for long-suffering and for patience. <laughs> we, we wish we could have this strength for, you know, to deliver, to bring healing. But, you know, it, it's for, for patience and long-suffering. Those aren't as exciting. 
but it's still powerful because that's, that's the where you need the real strength of God is to be able to stand and to wait. I think Verna said yesterday, when, when, you, when you don't know the way, when you don't know what else to do, hold on. Stay put. Stay under. God gives you the strength to be able to do that. He might not give you the strength to go move a mountain today or to go speak to a situation and make it evaporate, but he gives you the strength to be patient in it and to have what it takes to stand through that time. <clears throat> Verse uh, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. He's made us worthy to be partakers of an inheritance. That's quite a calling. Who have delivered us? Who have delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of his dear son? You don't have to be bound to darkness today. Do I need to say that again? You don't have to be bound. You may visit darkness. You may come by and wave at it. It may come and overshadow you for a while, but don't let the enemy tell you, don't let the enemy tell me that you're bound in darkness. You have the power, you have been delivered from the power of darkness. It doesn't have to have a hold of you. God, you know, our Lord broke that power. And, you know, that is, depending on where you're at, to sometimes believe that that is true. That you don't have to be bound by the power of darkness. Even though you may see it all around you, sometimes you're enveloped in it, it doesn't have the power to hold you there. It doesn't have the power to keep you. He's giving us the strength to be able to walk through all that. To walk past it, to walk out of it, Sometimes we have to go through those times. We have to let darkness, we go into darkness and God allows that, but he never intended for us to be kept there by it. He gave us the power to deliver us, to be able to walk free and be free from that. Verse 14, in whom we have redemption. We have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and in invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. And in, and in all things he might have, that in all things he might have the preeminence. 
For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. You know, that was a tremendous promise that God gave his son. That, you know, everything was visible or invisible. In this realm or in the other one, they were all, he was going to have dominion over all that. And I like this line here the, in verse 19 where it says that it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. I like it because we also have this inheritance. We are, you know, we're partakers of that inheritance in Christ. And that's, you know, that, that is the, the purpose, the eternal purpose of God was to bring Christ to the earth and to bring us into Christ. There is no greater thing than, you know, and um, I mean, if you think about your ideas, your purposes, right? We think sometimes a lot of what we purpose, what are you going to do with your life? What are you, you know, and, and you think about God's purpose, eternal purpose from before the foundation of the earth. He had an intention about what he was going to do. And that intention, that purpose, had you and me in mind to bring Christ to us and to bring Christ into us and then that we would manifest that life right here on this earth where we are and you know when you lose grasp of what is going on and you lose hope remember remember that in all that God had a purpose and that he is actually that's not the end and what you may see and what you may feel is not the fulfillment of what God is doing that there is something that is beyond and greater than you and I can imagine and that you and I can not even understand that he's doing in the midst of all that and we need the long-suffering and the patience that he's given us the strength to wait to see that come true, be true. You need strength for that. You need strength to be patient with one another. To be patient with yourself. To, to you know, I wish you could, if we know all this, right, we could hurry this work. You could make it happen. Um, but that's not so. God takes his time working with our souls. I think Psalm 33 says that God, fat, you know, he, he looks at man and he looks at their heart, I'm paraphrasing, and he fashions every heart alike. He knows he's working with your heart. He's making it just, just right. And that takes time. And we need the patience. And that's why he's given us... <clears throat> All the patience that it takes and all the long suffering for him to complete the work that he's started out to do in our lives. And in Ephesians um, <clears throat> chapter 3,
You know, Paul is saying in verse 8 um, that he's, um, you know, he's saying that he was a, the least of all the saints, the least of the apostles, but it was given to him to preach the, the unsearchable riches, riches of Christ. And then verse 9 says, to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world, God, which the beginning of the world had been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known. See that the, the principalities and the powers that take you, they are well aware that they don't have the power to hold you there. They know it. We don't sometimes. But they know that they have to let you go as soon as you tell them to. And by you, I mean Christ in you, right? Because we don't have any power to do anything. But we do have the power to tell those things in Christ that they can't hold us. <clears throat> in verse uh, 11, it says, According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence, we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him, wherefore I desire that you faint not out of my tribulations for you, which is your glory, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. God has given us the access and the power to be strengthened with might on the inner man. We would like to see that strengthened outwardly, right? <laughs> that would be nice to have it on the outer man. But he has strengthened you with power on the inner man. And, uh, you know, I, I skipped that one line right there where it says that, <clears throat> um, that he would, according to the riches of his glory. That's a lot of power that has been given or allowed for you to access to be strengthened on the inside. You know, if, <clears throat> if I was in trouble with the law, or in business, or something. And, you know, this analogy doesn't work its way all the way through, but give us a good picture. If, if I was in trouble, and I had money, if I, and I had riches, I would have power to help me. I could at least, you know, I may not be able to, you know, get away with whatever I did, but I could certainly build a good team around me and at least, you know, try to maybe not give me what I deserve. Just because I had riches and power. And you have been given the power that God has to be strengthened on the inside so that the enemy does not have dominion over you. So that you can walk through the battles that we have with all long-suffering, with all patience, and with joy. I don't know why it has to throw joy in there. But <laughs> one of the parts of it, that you know, God has given us the ability 
so that we don't have to be bowed down and taken down by the enemy. Yes, it's not all joy and it's not all wonderful, but there is strength available to walk. There is strength available to not stay bound to this earth and to the things that our mind tells us to do, regardless of how the enemy is coming at us. And sometimes the enemy uses your best friends and I was going to say your wife, but I'm sure he doesn't. Uh, all the others around you, your kids. He does use your kids. Um, and you have the strength. You have the ability. Backed up by the riches of God. On the inside. To hold on. To wait and listen. Sometimes that's, you know, that's the hardest thing to do is reaction, react, reacting is a better weapon that we have. Act, act and do, supposed to <clears throat> take in a breath and not that that does anything, but at least being patient to see how God is going to move. Verse 17, for this is, and this is the purpose, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ. Sometimes the hardest thing to do <laughs> is to demonstrate this love. But that's what God is bringing forth in all of us, in all our stuff. In all our trials and all the things that we go through, He's bringing forth the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, so that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. God is interested in filling the likes of you and me <clears throat> with His capacity so that He can manifest His Son, you know, so that He can bring us to the image of who he is. Because, you know, it says earlier somewhere that, you know, Jesus was made in the image of God. And we're supposed to be representing and being the image of him. <clears throat> and he does it, you know, just how he's dealing with you today. That's how he does it. You and I would have a different blueprint as to how he was going to bring us into that image. But he uses the one another, he uses the things of our heart to mold us and to bring that life that, that he's intended from the very, very beginning. In a Chapter 1, here are the visions.
Verse 5 says, Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself. That's good. <laughs> then in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also. Okay? So he, he's, he's got this purpose, right? To gather all things in one, in Christ. That's the whole point of what he's doing. Then uh, verse 11, it says, In whom we have obtained inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who worked all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And that's, a, you know, that's an important line. After that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. <clears throat> there is something that we can do. We talked about the things that we can't do, but there is one thing that you can do. You can believe. You know, that's, that's our part, to believe. That's the hardest thing that we could ever do because it's easy to see someone else be something, but to believe that that can happen in you. To believe that, that Christ is being formed in us today, not in the future, not some, you know, day out there, not even other people somewhere else, although that is happening too. But that he's being formed right here every day and that he's being formed in me and is growing. That there is growth and that there is a communion back and forth with the work of God and what he's doing. And that there's a thankfulness because we realize that without his help, man, we would have been lost. Without his plan, without his eternal plan. You know, isn't it good to be part of his purpose, of his eternal purpose? That, that it, you know, before you and I were a thing, God already had an intention and a purpose, and you were a part of that. You know, th this is why, <clears throat> this is why, the purpose of God, why, why God is committed to his work. Because, you know, before you and I could ever think much, he already had a purpose and an intention. And then he paid a price. You know, he has, he has skin in the game. <laughs> he sent his son to be sacrificed so that you and I would have life. That cost him something. <laughs> it cost him his own son. It's, you know, no one else either good, you know, it says that some, some good men may give their life for another one. He gave his son for us sinners, for us, for the whole creation. So he's going to be sure that his plan is going to be completed and that there is going to be a people that are going to manifest his life and that are going to be Christ in this world. God is committed to that because he has, he has skin in the game. 
He's put his own son. You know, Brother Bill says, don't, don't put it, give God emotions. But I, I mean, I, 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 got, I don't know. But God sent his son, and I, I don't know how he felt, but he did see when he was falsely accused. I mean, you know how you feel when you're being falsely accused, and more when your kids are being falsely accused, right? What about beatings? What about carrying the cross? What about giving him vinegar when he was thirsty? All the things that he went through. I, you know, God paid that price so that you and I would have a way out. So he is committed to make sure that his work is going to be accomplished, that his work is going to bring life in a people here on this earth. And it has your name on it. If you want to be a part of it. And I want to finish up. Well, I think I, there's just a little bit more I wanted to read here. <clears throat> then I just want to go to one more scripture. Verse 14, which is, uh, so you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until, until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. So he's bought you with a price and he's given you an opportunity and me to be redeemed. That means he was well aware that we were going to need redemption. He was well aware that we were dead. But he's, gave up, he's given us an opportunity to be brought into the image of his son. And then, and I just want to read it, a verse in 2 Timothy 119, 1-9, I think. <clears throat> yeah. Verse 9, it says, who had, and I'm picking up here in the middle, but it says, who had saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, okay? And I wanted to just one more time run through this. It isn't about your works. It isn't about your worthiness, but it's according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. You and I can't do anything about this. He purposed it. But we can offer ourselves. We can say, God, I believe that what you promise, you will complete it. You will do that. It's impossible in my mind. I can't see how this could possibly bring the right fruit. But you're the one that is at work, not me. And when the work is happening in his hands, it does bring the fruit that he intended it to bring from the very beginning. Amen. So let Christ come forth in all of us, right? So tomorrow, tonight, when, you, when you're being handled by the enemy, 
remember that Christ is in you and that his power is greater than the enemy. You have more authority than he does. He has no authority over your life. good tonight. Hope you were encouraged. Yep. <clears throat> I thought this was very clear tonight. Um, really was uh, right along with what Vernon shared, which was also very good. I was, um, you know, the <clears throat> you consider the work of the Lord to remove us from being run by our surroundings. That is a great word. I mean, anybody placed on the, you know, beaches of Hawaii on a beautiful evening, you know, it's it's really easy to think about how beautiful and good things are, you know, but when things are not going good and your desire to just retreat, um, you know, it's this is when we realize that what must happen is that we must be a part of a work that is going on in the invisible realm. This is what God is after. I really think if the Lord didn't mess with us, we would not be extracted from the realm of the invisible, the realm of our feelings. It just wouldn't be a reason to be to be grown up from that, right? It's when you're feeling good and things are going well, it's amazing how you feel like you could conquer about everything, right? You know, you just you know, whatever whatever department you're working, when things are going well, you almost feel invincible, right? Like I could take on a lot of things. And then it takes one little thing. I've sat at my desk with a headache and thought, I should be shot this afternoon. I mean, you know, just, you feel like you can't do anything. You know what I mean? Like, the extremes that you go from, and those are, the Lord is looking to have us be identifying, this is what Fabian is after, to be identifying with His work. That's the work that God is after. He doesn't really care about how much we can do. He wants to know, are we going to be holding on to Him? That's the people that He's working with. The contrite, right? The poor in spirit. That's who the Lord is working with. I was thinking about Joseph. We've had every play imaginable about Joseph, but I just was thinking about, you know, the years of Joseph's life, just going through what seemed like, had had to have seemed like it was never going to end. You know what I mean? Like, it just kept, you know, did not start well with his brothers. And it wasn't like it was just, you know, the Midianites coming after Joseph. His own brother set up this whole thing and just sold him into slavery. I mean... Talk about an opportunity for bitterness. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay to know your enemies are after you, but when your own, when your own close friends or people, it's like the Lord, uh, <clears throat> the Lord was after something in Joseph that was a lot higher grade uh, of relationship than the normal person. You know what I mean? Really, just anyway. As we all know, you know, he's left in prison, all these things. But it just as it, I was thinking about this, as Fabian was sharing. Like, then he has every opportunity to really get him in the end. I mean, man, he just, you know, he's literally number two in the kingdom, and here come the boys. Oh, man, I've been thinking about this for a lot of years. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, the Lord is, this is the final test for Joseph. Have you got what I'm putting in you? Or you just endured all this pain? You know what I mean? Anyway, uh, but then he's like, you know, at the end of all this, and he reveals himself, and he says to his brethren, you know, hey guys, i got a little surprise for you. I am Joseph. Does my father yet live? 
And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. I would guess so. Looking for the exit sign about this time. Anyway, he says, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved nor angry that you sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath famine been the land, you are five yet more. Anyway, God sent me before you to prepare a posterity in the earth and to save your lives. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. Really? I think, you know, you had a part of it. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh, Lord. Joseph just, he did business with the Lord. That's what you've got to do business with, right? I'm sure there was a lot of very cold, dark nights in the prison. But by the time he got out, Joseph knew that he was in the hand of God. That is what you need to know, that you are in God's hand. And the great work of faith, it, it is... It only works when it when you can't actually see what God is doing. That's when it matters. It matters when it feels like it's cold and dark and everything is low and everything. It's like the Lord's purpose is working on a level that is so far above our human analysis that He is looking for people that are not run by how we feel. I want to get there. I don't like being run by feelings, you know. This is why we come together to encourage ourselves, right? While it's still called today, it's good to get together. I hope you take advantage of this. I hope you go home. I appreciated what I heard tonight, right? I appreciated a declaration of this. I appreciated Verna speaking about where she's been and, and declaring where the Lord's, you know, what the work of the Lord is. This is what is happening. And it, it is happening uh, with us. It's happening in the invisible realm. Even on Wednesday night. I know that you're all so excited about this. Amen? Amen. Take hope. Really, this is, this is what... The work of the Lord is happening in the invisible realm. And there are going to be people that get a hold of the life of Christ and realize, Lord, I don't know, I don't, this doesn't look like the grand thing I thought it was going to be, but your work is it's eternal. Thank you, Lord, for that eternal work.